And welcome back to Local News Live. I'm Local News Live Chief Meteorologist Clay Osterley. Today we are uh, going to have a kind of a cool deal for you here. We are joined by several meteorologists across the Gray Television Company uh, following the release of the 2022 Colorado State How hurricane season forecast. Oh. And so uh, we are gonna talk uh, basically from the Gulf Coast all the way to the East Coast about the last couple of seasons and also just share our thoughts on the upcoming season as well. Perfect. And so I'm joined right now uh, by uh, Wade Hampton and he is uh, from the KPLC area in Lake Charles, um, Bill Walsh, uh, Walsh and he is uh, from the uh, Charleston, South Carolina area, Jay Grimes, Baton Rouge, uh, Jamie, Ar Jamie Arnold, he is from Myrtle Beach, and Bruce Katz from WVUE in New Orleans, Louisiana. And of course, all of these uh, stations uh, deal with tropical weather as we approach uh, the summer months. And so uh, with that, we'll just open up the floor. I think, uh, fellas, we're going to just take it back uh, the last two seasons. And so, Wade, I think I'm going to start with you, if you don't mind. Take us back to the 2020 season. Of course, uh, Lake Charles, southwest little, Louisiana, uh, dealt with fail. not one but two um, catastrophic hurricane strikes that season. Uh, you know, and just I would just say we can start there, walk us through that a little bit, and then uh, just kind of give us an update on maybe how things are today. We had evacuated the station the evening before Laura made landfall and actually went over to our sister station, WAFB, with uh, Jay Grimes and his crew. And uh, again, Jay, thank you for all your hospitality and everyone at WAFB for taking us in. And uh, it was a whirlwind experience to, to deal with trying to put a television station on the air from 150 miles away. But we proved that we were able to do it. And thanks to a lot of technology from across gray to, to make that work. But then we didn't get back into the station for about uh, six weeks or so. We were in just before Delta happened in October of 2020. And luckily we were able to stay at our station for Delta because we didn't have a tower to have to worry about falling on us anymore. And uh, yeah, Delta caused a lot of problems as well. A lot of flooding, a lot of rainfall that happened here in Southwest Louisiana. But uh, Laura was the big one and to be honest, you can still see visible damage everywhere across Southwest Louisiana. I was even recently down at the coastline where uh, nearly a 17 foot storm surge came into Cameron Parish. And there are still places that look like the day after Laura in Cameron Parish. So there's a lot of recovery that is still to be done here in Southwest Louisiana again, including our station, which we're on the, we're on the, getting that in the works to uh, hopefully get done soon. But uh, luckily we were able to get back on the air fairly quick and get coverage back out to folks in Southwest Louisiana. But most importantly, no one at our station was injured or hurt in what could have been a, a very catastrophic problem if we had been in that building during the hurricane. And of course, then we had other problems since Laura and Delta, we had a major uh, freeze here in 2021 in February. And then we had a major flooding event in May of 2021. So it's been a very busy, I know we're talking about hurricanes, but uh, it's been a busy week weather event here in the last two years, Clay. Uh, of course, uh, we we both remember Laura and Delta very well uh, from 2020, and of course that brings us up to uh, 2021 and Bruce uh, dealing with Hurricane Ida last year. And not only 
is it a, a catastrophic hurricane in itself, but literally making landfall on the day of Hurricane Katrina's anniversary, I believe was 16 years prior to that. Uh, personal ties for me, because of course I'm from New Orleans as well. It was my sophomore year in high school when Katrina came ashore. So watching from a distance and all of my family going through that again, I'm, I'm in Omaha, Nebraska now. But uh, Bruce, uh, you know, just kind of walk us back to Hurricane Ida in 2021 uh, last year and uh, kind of how things are going uh, these days. Okay, I'm gonna rewind just a little bit because in 2020 we had Zeta and Zeta was a category three that actually went over, over New Orleans and the actual eye went over the city. I mean, you know, the odds of an eye, you know, be it 5, 10, 15, 20 miles you know, wide going over a major metropolitan area I mean, it's it, it's just unprecedented. So that was back in 2020. But, you know, of course, uh, last year, Ida was a, a catastrophic storm. And the uh, latest information on a lot of the analysis came coming back that uh, indeed they're going to keep it as a, uh, you know, category four. Uh, you know, uh, one of the strongest winds in history, uh, you know, to hit the New Orleans area. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying that uh, some of the boats offshore were getting wind gusts up to 180, 190. And, you know, at this point, you know, a four to a five, it just doesn't matter at this point. I mean, 150 to 157. I mean, you know, the damage was done. We've got a very fragile coastline. Uh, we're losing coastline every day just due to the natural, you know, uh, attrition of, of, of land. And, you know, the way the Corps of Engineers set up the mouth of the river where we're not, you know, developing more land, we're actually losing land. So New Orleans is actually every year becoming a little closer to a coastal type city. And uh, being below sea level, that's a whole other layer of issues that we face down here. But, uh, you know, the you know, the eye actually went over, uh, you know, Raceland. It went near Homa, Thibodeau, the eastern eye wall, uh, you know, over St. John, St. Charles Parish into Lake uh, uh, Laplace and Gramercy and those areas where, uh, you know, they're still reeling. But Homa, Thibodeau, Lafouche and Terrebonne, uh, you know, right now, catastrophic damage. And, you know, they're still not back yet. They're still trying to rebuild. And, uh, you know, it's just unprecedented that, uh, you know, we had, you know, Laura and, you know, we had Zeta that hit New Orleans. And then, you know, last year we had uh, Ida. And, you know, we have major storms that hit back to back to back. It's very hard for, you know, communities to rebuild because they're trying to get back their lives from previous years. And all of a sudden, you can't do it. And, uh, you know, Clay is putting up, uh, you know, a, a snapshot of the imagery of, uh, of Ida. I mean, you look at the, the eye wall, you look at where New Orleans is, and instead of moving more northwesterly toward Baton Rouge, where Jay would have had a bigger issue, uh, you know, it, it really kind of uh, took more of that north, northward turn, north, west, north, and didn't ever really get far enough away from the western part of the city to, uh, you know, to spare some of those areas. So, Right now, we still have a lot of blue roofs. Um, you know, the hurricane deductibles, it's a whole other uh, topic where, uh, you know, people can't afford the hurricane deductible. If you had roof damage and, you know, your house is worth $300,000, which is a modest home today, and you have a 5% deductible, well, if your roof is $17,000, you have got to come up with $15,000. So we're still seeing a lot of issues down here. Home of Thibodeau, uh, talking to people down there, they're still really reeling. Grand Isle you know, the, the, the scare was they would be split in half. I mean, the actual island would be cut in half. They're dealing with it too. So not to take up too much more time, uh, you know, New Orleans proper, 
you know, we're doing well. The Superdome is well. Everything seems to be getting back to, you know, to normal here. But to a lot of our communities south and west, they still have a lot of issues. Uh, and uh, I kind of want to jump over to uh, to uh, Jay now because Jay, you know, you're kind of right in between in Baton Rouge. You're right in between Lake Charles and New Orleans. Jay, kind of what was Baton Rouge's uh, impacts and kind of experience for both of those or all three of those storms for Laura Delta as well as uh, well. Let, let's uh, let's throw Zeta in there too, and then for Hurricane Ida as well. Well, the capital city has actually been, and Bruce pointed this out, we, we've been lucky. Uh, fortunately, the, the reach of the hurricanes that slammed uh, Wade in southwestern Louisiana uh, didn't get uh, into the Baton Rouge area with any huge impact. Certainly, we had some big rains to deal with. And fortunately for the Red Stick, for the, for the Baton Rouge area, uh, as Bruce pointed out, Ida uh, just as it was making landfall, took a turn a bit more to the north-northeast and put uh, Baton Rouge on the western side of the track, uh, uh, saving us from what was set up to be maybe the worst hit we would have ever taken here in the capital city. What it did do, as Bruce pointed out, was uh, uh, hammer some of the communities to the east of Baton Rouge. And one of the things I, I like to remind people is this storm, Ida, uh, worked its way across all of Southeast Louisiana and moved into Mississippi still as a major hurricane. Uh, so the storm track, the storm imprint extends well up into Mississippi. Uh, so while the red stick, while Baton Rouge did okay through these critical storms we're talking about in the last two years, uh, all of South Louisiana has been uh, just clobbered. In fact, if we look at not just the last couple of years, but the last two decades, Louisiana is averaging more than one named hit a year. Uh, prior to the last 20 years, our landfall frequency was about one every other year. So Mother Nature is uh, up the ante on the Bayou State. And not only are we being hit by these monsters, but we're being hit more frequently as well. And, uh, Jay, I think it's um, kind of important to bring up, too, that, um, you know, we uh, I found it interesting this year that the uh, Colorado State's forecast brought up the fact that they're expecting uh, uh, at least a 71 percent chance of a landfall uh, across the United States coast, not necessarily quoting either coast, uh, but they did break that down further. Uh, with both the Gulf Coast and the East Coast expecting somewhere in the 40 percentile range of a major hurricane strike. So um, I, I guess how does that sit with you guys uh, along the Gulf Coast there? Uh, East Coast guys, I just want to let you know, I'm getting ready to, to ask you a question in, uh, in just a second here. We're going to get you involved. But uh, just kind of looking ahead, um, you know, any, any of you guys uh, along the Gulf Coast there, uh, how does that fare for you? Well, you know, for, for New Orleans, uh, you know, it, it, it's a scary situation because, uh, you know, again, we're still dealing, uh, you know, with Ida, just as Lake Charles was dealing with Laura, and they're still dealing with it, not to take anything away from, from them. But, you know, just the dynamics of, of the boot of southeast Louisiana, the location, you know, New Orleans being, you know, surrounded by a river, a gulf to the south, and a lake to the north. I mean, you know, we're surrounded and being below sea level and losing all this ground every year and losing, you know, basically our, our speed bumps, 
um, you know, it's, it's very concerning. Um, you know, as Jay mentioned, uh, you know, the frequency definitely has increased. Um, you, know, you know, to think about, uh, you know, from Lake Charles to New Orleans in the last three or four years, I mean, the whole area, not maybe, you know, like Jay mentioned, being impact completely like Baton Rouge wasn't, but they still were. Mm -hmm. Trees down, issues, wind damage, power outages. But, uh, you know, again, long story short, it's very concerning because, uh, you know, as, as you get a break every few years from a storm, you can tend to rebuild that infrastructure and rebuild it. But, you know, you're in the middle of these, you know, situations that another storm comes down the pipe. I think a lot of people's, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, their, their ability to, to feel safe really goes down. And, you know, to me, it's just, uh, you know, it's a scary time when we come around hurricane season, I think more than ever. Guys, I want to put up a full screen here of the 2020 Atlantic hurricane season recap. And, uh, and this is where I want to bring in the East Coast guys because uh, one of the more notable hurricanes that year, not necessarily major hurricane, but hurricane nonetheless, was uh, the one that I still struggle to say, which is I say yes. Uh, from 2020. And of course, I know Bill and uh, Jamie are probably both laughing at me right now because it, it, it's, it's just a tough one to say. But um, guys, kind of walk us through that uh, storm as it came uh, on shore there on the East Coast. I'll let, I'll let Bill start with this one because Bill Isaias. Isaias, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny with that storm. It took us weeks just to learn how to pronounce the name Isaias. I mean, uh, and uh, and won't be retired, so it will be back. So just FYI for the future. That's the worst. Uh, but that was an interesting storm that, that year. Uh, not only the pronunciation, but the storm track itself. So, uh, you know, didn't do a lot for us. We've been actually very lucky in the East Coast, really, if you think about it. The last real direct hit, at least in our area, Jamie and I in this area, was Hugo in 1989 as far as a perpendicular attack to the coast. Uh, as far as a major hurricane, we've had a lot of I call drive-by storms that develop. Like uh, you know, in fact, just uh, last year we had uh, when we had uh, a couple of storms like Matthew a couple of years ago. We had uh, uh, Dorian and all of these storms that came up the uh, East Coast and then they head on up in toward uh, Myrtle Beach, Wilmington, and whatnot. So a lot of these have come by, uh, but uh, it, the uptick in the last couple of years really has been uh, the Gulf Coast uh, down there with Wade and Bruce and whatnot. And and you guys have really taken the impacts over the last couple of years. The East Coast has been relatively uh, lucky. Uh, you know, we had Sandy and we've had some of those bigger name storms, uh, but uh, at least here in the Southeast Coast, uh, it, it, we really haven't had the impacts they've had along the Gulf Coast. Our decade was the 90s when we had Bonnie, Bertha, Fran, all of those big storms. Hugo in 89 came up the coast, did a, an enormous amount of damage. Uh, we've had a lot of threats. Uh, and of course, you know, we get the backside of storms uh, like Ida that came on up into the Gulf Coast. We'll get the tornadic side of that storm. But uh, we've been lucky in the East Coast, at least for the last few years. But the luck will run out. Obviously, uh, we'll have to just keep an eye on things with the water temperatures as they are, uh, the uptick in, in, in activity. And really, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a spin of the roulette wheel. Uh, and get, fellas, just so you know, I've got the 10-minute uh, warning here from Zoom, so I just want to throw that out there. Um, but, uh, Jamie, you know, Myrtle Beach, a little bit further to the north there, how have you guys been? And, I mean, uh, you know, of course, um, I think, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, Bill and Jamie, but uh, maybe last year you guys saw some impacts from Hurricane Elsa, I believe? 
Yeah, we did have Elsa We uh, here in the beach. That was really our only sort of impact that we had to deal with last year. It uh, rode up basically uh, just uh, inside the coast. So we did have some uh, 50 and 60 mile per hour winds here in Myrtle Beach. Uh, a lot of tornado warnings, a lot of rain, some brief flash flooding. Uh, but yesterday was or last year was kind of a break for us. Uh, Bill was mentioning the previous couple of years. Uh, we had Matthew in 16. Uh, that was a direct landfall here in the city of Myrtle Beach as a Category 1. It was only a Category 1, and I say that because it brought us the second highest storm surge uh, behind Hurricane Hugo in 1989 that struck south of us as a Category 4. Uh, but as Bill was saying, in 17, we had Irma. 18, we had Florence. 18 was a real scare with Florence. Uh, you may remember the original forecast um, had Florence coming into Myrtle Beach as a Category 4. Uh, so that really got a lot of people on edge here. Thankfully, it weakened, but it also slowed to a crawl. And we still ended up with a major disaster here with 20 to 40 inches of rain uh, from Florence. It rained basically for 60 hours straight here in uh, this part of South Carolina. That ended up sending our rivers to uh, levels that had never been reached before. The 19, we had Dorian with a tornado outbreak and storm surge. And even in 20, uh, with Isaias, which was just at a one, um, it brought our storm surge here to a number three level. So we had uh, Hugo, Matthew, and then Isaias. And I think it's interesting to point out that uh, the top, you know, the, the top storm surge was from a Category 4 hurricane, but the number two and number three came from a Category 1. Uh, so even without direct hits, we can certainly face the impacts around here. And I think that's important uh, to keep in mind is there's a lot of times where folks uh, will kind of say, oh, it's it's just a Category 1. And, and really, I don't, as far as all of the meteorologists that you see on your screen there, um, there, there really is no such thing as a minimal Category 1 hurricane. There, there really isn't. And, uh, and, and I know I preach that to my family and friends along the Gulf Coast and, and, and all of that. Uh, and I know all of the meteorologists along the East Coast will say the same thing. Guys, what I want to do is um, I want to pop up a couple of things on the screen here. Of course, we have talked about the uh, Atlantic, uh, the 2020 Atlantic hurricane season, which was the most active season on record. And then when we go up uh, just one year here to 2021, that was the third most active season on record with a total of 21 named storms. Of course, uh, 2020 breaks the record with 30 total named storms. So as we venture into the 2022 season, um, I'll just kind of open it up uh, to whoever wants to go first here. But um, I know there's, I know that many of you probably have your own forecasting techniques and are looking ahead uh, to the upcoming season. And we're not just relying on Colorado State's forecast, obviously. Um, and and maybe we can start with uh, with the East Coast guys. So Bill and Jamie, um, what are you guys kind of seeing as far as trends go heading into 2022 so far? I think uh, 2022 is going to be a busy season. When you look at the uh, the La Nina versus El Nino, you look at the sea surface temperatures already above normal in the Caribbean and the Southern Atlantic. And uh, when you look at um, 
know, some of the upper level patterns we've had, uh, definitely going to be a busy season. I think Colorado State's going with 19 named storms. The normal is about 14. So they're going above normal on that. But as far as the majors, they're going four majors, but it only takes that one major. And as Jamie mentioned, and as uh, Wade and Bruce know, this, this, this type of, even a category one, when you have the flooding they had with Florence and certainly more up for Jamie's area and up in Wilmington, uh, that was just an incredible, incredible amount of flooding that people are still getting over. So, you know, even if we have one strike or two strikes, uh, you know, it just, it's going to be an uptick. I think we're in a decadal shift right now. We're in a, in a, in a high shift. And in, in, in when you look at those, uh, you know, cyclical rises and falls in, in major category, uh, three, four, and five hurricanes, we are certainly in an uptick. We've had more category five hurricanes in the last uh, five years than we've had in, in decades. So, you know, when you look at, look at what Dorian did just over the Bahamas, just sat there as a cat four, cat five. So, I mean, you know, I think we're going to see a, an active season. And I totally agree with Bill, and I think I do see an active season ahead. And I, you know, I have the utmost respect for the seasonal forecasters, both at NOAA, both at Colorado State University. Um, and I think it's very valuable information. But as Bill said, it takes one. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a busy season or not a busy season. If that one is here in our backyard, it is a very bad season. Um, and we're kind of trying to shift a little bit away from total numbers into, you know, impacts that obviously is, is what it's all about. Um, and if, if it's our year to be impacted, we want to be ready for it, despite what the forecast says. Again, it's hugely valuable information, uh, but it's certainly not the gospel when every year our ticket could be up, busy or not busy. And guys, and that's I'm at something the, the two-minute warning, to, to just so you know. As well. Sorry, Wade, I, I just want to let you know I'm at the two-minute warning, but Wade, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of echo the same thing Jamie and Bill just kind of mentioned, that I always try to tell folks, whether I'm at a civic meeting or even on television, that it doesn't matter how many we have. It just takes one here to make it a bad season. You know, we can have 20 storms if they're all in the Atlantic and don't affect anyone. That's a quiet season as far as I'm concerned. But if we have one here, that's a bad year. Of course, we have more than one like 2020. It's even worse. But yeah, it only takes the one. And yeah, it doesn't take it being a major hurricane even to cause problems. Bruce, a lot of people are probably still on edge from last season. Uh, anything you guys are seeing standing out? Uh, we're about the 90-second mark. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I want to let Jay go, go as well. But uh, you know, you know, we're concerned. We respect these guys. Uh, you know, the fact that they do a lot of the deep research. Uh, you know, we're you know La Nina. We're you know higher than uh, average sea surface temperatures. And you know, one more point on it only takes one, or it doesn't have to be a five. We had Tropical Storm One dump. You know. 28 inches over New Orleans sitting in the Gulf. So even a tropical storm could cause massive flooding too. So, you know, when people just, uh, you know, want to say, oh, it's a one, two, or three, doesn't matter what it is, there can be major impacts. Jake? The only thing to add is, look, six consecutive years with above normal counts, why not a seventh? Uh, <laughs> Lucky seven. <laughs> many of those, many of those years with pre-June starts, very likely going to happen again. The key really is not the actual numbers. What I get more concerned about is when multiple forecast groups look at a westward shift of the sort of the mean or median track. And anything that gets in the Gulf becomes scary for Louisiana. Well, fellas, uh, that's all the time we have for today. I think Zoom's going to kick us off here any second. But I really appreciate you all joining us today. And uh, we plan on doing another one of these, hopefully the little bit closer that we get to June 1st and the start of the season, and we'll update everybody uh, at that time. But thank you so much for joining us, uh, everyone. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank you.
Thanks again, Pat. Glad to help. All right. Again, that was uh, several meteorologists from our gray television stations uh, across the Gulf Coast, as well as the East Coast. Uh, we had representatives from Lake Charles, uh, Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, as well as uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Charleston, South Carolina. And as we mentioned, we'll likely do another one of these as we get a little bit closer to the upcoming hurricane season, which uh, starts on June 1st officially. That doesn't necessarily mean that Mother Nature holds true to those start dates and those end dates. So uh, we've actually had several years in a row where we've seen early season activity uh, develop in the Atlantic Ocean uh, as a result of, again, uh, ripe weather conditions and uh, sea surface temperatures that are just unusually above average. So again, what I want to do is I want to pop up the uh, 2022 predictions right now, and you'll see here that Colorado State is um, forecasting an above average season, 19 total named storms, nine hurricanes, which is a uh, tropical system of 75 miles per hour winds or greater. And they're also projecting four major hurricanes, which is a category three or higher. And uh, when we go back to last year, we had uh, kind of similar numbers there. We had 21 total named storms. That was the third most active season on record. Seven hurricanes. One of the more notable ones from last year was Hurricane Elsa. And then we had four major hurricanes, Grace, Ida, Larry, and Sam. And then, of course, the record-breaking season to date, the most active one on record was 2020, where we had 30 total named storms, 14 hurricanes, uh, and seven major hurricanes. I've listed just a couple of the more notable ones, Laura, Delta, Zeta, Ada, and Iota. And again, just going back to the predictions for this year, this is from Colorado State University. Above average season expected once again. Now, uh, we will, of course, continue to monitor the trends as we get closer uh, to those predictions or to the start of the hurricane season. And meteorologists along the Gulf Coast, along the East Coast, and across the United States, across gray television, will be watching trends, will be watching model guidance. There are several long-range forecasting techniques that we can use to kind of look out and uh, try to get a better understanding of all of that. And you better bet we will be watching over the skies and over the seas nearby uh, where you live. So for now, that was a, a roundtable discussion of the hurricane season prediction from Colorado State University among several meteorologists across gray television from the Gulf Coast all the way to the East Coast. I'm meteorologist Clay Osterley for Local News Live. We'll be right back.